All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Steve. Morning, Mike. How you doing? How are you today? Fantastic. Mile a minute, but I enjoy it. How about you? Good. Doing real good. Uh, Mike Courtney here. We've got Steve Parisi with us from IBC Global. And today we're going to talk about, um, you know, kind of some, some common pushback that we get in two different areas. So, Steve, when, when you're working on a case, you're typically working with, um, you know, some pretty well-established clients, people that have some assets, they have um, obviously some income, uh, they've got protection needs, but they've also got uh, growth and accumulation uh, goals that they're trying to accomplish. And how do you, it's not even so much that you're trying to talk them out of, but how do you talk through why to do this or why to allocate in a certain way into permanent life insurance for cash accumulation versus the stock market versus other alternatives? What does that conversation sound like? And, um, you know, what do you think maybe is a, is a good kind of way to diversify um, and allocate assets? Yeah, good question. And that comes up probably more than anything with the, the debate of, do I go with whole life insurance or do I buy term insurance and invest the rest, right, in the stock market and then run the comparison analysis, all that good stuff. And you know better than probably anyone how much that goes on out there in the financial world because you've been in that for a long time buy term and invest the rest or whole life. So typically, you know, how I approach that is a whole life insurance policy at its core, you've got the death benefit, the long-term legacy planning, but around the cash value, safe, liquid, extremely tax favorable, tax-free if you do everything right, if you don't mech it or anything, and it's always compounding. There's no lost opportunity cost when you access that money. So there's a lot of advantages there with the cash value that attracts people. So often we'll explain the benefits and such, but when you're, you've got a cash value life insurance policy versus term and investing in stocks, for example, often how I approach it or before my approach, what I see, kind of what we were talking about before, is both sides of the argument. Term insurance is cheap and you won't need whole life insurance or you won't need life insurance in retirement. Typically, you'll see financial entertainers out there, people that give advice like a Dave Ramsey, a Susie Orman, that are very, very pro-term insurance and anti-whole life insurance. Right? You hear that whole life insurance is garbage, worst place you could possibly put your money. Why would you ever do it? And that does scare a lot of people or how can I put it? It gets them asking you questions saying, hey, Dave Ramsey said that it's a poor place to put money. Is it true, Mike? And now you got to go through and explain all the benefits again. What's interesting to me is <clears throat> he's those guys are very good at promoting term insurance. This is the way to go. And they capture a lot of the marketplace. But then, and this is partially with my background, I've been exposed to this. When you look at big banks, corporations, the uber wealthy, if you want to use that term, the ultra wealthy, they've used whole life insurance, cash value life insurance forever for two purposes I've seen. Legacy planning, 
that's one of the most efficient ways you can pass on wealth with a death benefit and a life insurance policy. And then the cash value. The cash value, it's predictable. They know what it's going to do. If it does between 3 and 5%, whatever it ends up producing, regardless if things are going very, very well in the economy and market, it continues to produce. Or if things are going very, very poorly, it continues to produce. So it's two sides of the fence where you see all this emotion around buy term and invest the rest, whole life is junk. But then you see the people that have it all figured out using it and using it very effectively. And just from a business owner standpoint, like my mentality is, all right, well, I want to copy what the big players are doing. What are the big banks? What are the corporations? Right? How does Warren Buffett and Amazon function as a business and implement a lot of the strategies they have in place already? And if whole life insurance is an asset they use, there's a good reason for it. <laughs> Cash value life insurance, that is. So it's more so mimicking that particular use of cash value life insurance that the average individual you and I talk about, if they were proposed a whole life product, it probably did not look anything close to what a corporate-owned life insurance product looks like. And the thing is, and that goes back to the design, which we've had conversations around before, you can design a policy for an average individual to look not the same, but very, very close to what a corporation can acquire in terms of the cash value, the death benefit, short-term, long-term, all that good stuff. So how we'll approach it, I'll go through just that. I'll explain the benefits to both, how it works, but then really it's kind of a, a mentality or mindset shift where, hey, who do we want to mimic? The herd or the 1% there that's been doing very well? Copy what they're doing. They, they got it figured out for a reason. I always think it's interesting. We talked about this, the, the level of emotion from the naysayers, you would think that they were um, grandstanding against some wild alternative investment that was, uh, um, you know, draining uh, retirees' uh, lifelong savings. I mean, this is a safe, conservative play. It's, uh, you know, it's a cash equivalent. Um, there's a ton of protection, a ton of guarantees in place. Um, it's all, I'm always surprised, um, at the anger coming from the other side almost, um, which tells you that, you know, that what's the, what's the agenda there for those folks, I think, you know, yeah. um, any, you know, anybody who's going to make a stand, uh, there's a reason for that. Yeah. And, you know, on that same point where you see the anger and call it the, the fear implanted in an individual's mind to try and scare them away from one strategy. It happens in every industry where, hey, don't work with that competitor because of all these reasons and I'm better. <laughs> that goes on all the time. And the thing is, the reality of it, so many people respond to that type of message, fear-based selling, fear-based promotion. Don't do that because it's bad without really getting into the benefits of whatever they're selling. Just stay away from everyone else. But again, like when you try and step back and say, okay, if I'm not involved, if I look at it from above, the big players, they don't get caught up in that. They analyze the benefits, pros and cons, and say, what's the best move? If we can do the same thing for ourselves, you can do a lot of good with that. And the actual product is just more so setting it up right or choosing where your money's going and enhancing the cash value benefit, death benefit, 
right off the bat. So you, you see your money there. Speaking of setting it up right, how do you, um, you know, how do you kind of steer folks or how do you not get caught up in the, the you know, kind of the illustration comparison game with whole life and IUL? <laughs> yeah, good question. Because the illustration game, what you just mentioned there, in the life insurance industry, like that's that's the number one seller, in my opinion, of cash value life insurance products. How good does the illustration look? And the one that looks the best is the one to buy typically from the consumer standpoint and even a lot of agents that just don't know. They think, hey, it's, it's an illustration, like it's going to produce this, like why wouldn't it? <laughs> and then the reality is, no, it, it, it's extremely rare that you see a company actually produce the results via death benefit and cash value that's originally illustrated. So with an IUL, if we're going to kind of break them both down, an IUL, how I'll always approach that is, like if you're the, the prospect, Mike, an IUL will give you more potential than any whole life product because it's tied to the S&P 500 index, whatever index strategy the insurance company is using. What that means is if the market goes up, you go up with it, the market goes down, you've got a 0% floor, your principal is protected. Huge upside potential. Sounds great. It does. And the drawback to it is twofold. One, you've got a guarantee typically of 0%. You won't see a guarantee in an IUL comparable with what you see in a whole life product. But a lower guarantee. However, two things can occur or two things will occur. One is the cost of insurance. No matter what happens, that increases each year. Renewable term is embedded into universal life contracts when you look at it. But the other thing is, when you buy a IUL policy, and I see this with indexed annuities as well, you'll have a cap rate in most cases. Right? So a cap rate, I know you know how it works, but for listeners, if I have a 10% cap rate and the S&P produces 20%, I'd be capped out at 10% that year. That's the most I can earn. What often happens with IUL products, and this is from every IUL we've seen that have has lived the test of time, those cap rates are decreased. So what ends up happening, insurance expenses come up, cap rates go down, limiting your earning potential. And the majority of key cases I've seen, and you've probably seen 10x more because you've been in the industry longer than me, most of those products blow up. People end up losing their money because what happens, the costs exceed the earnings on the product and the client has to either A, pay more money in or B, it lapses. And then they, they lose everything they paid in. I think it's important for people to understand too, the cap rate is not a crediting rate or a dividend rate in that it's subject to fluctuation. Mm-hmm. A tool that was used to set a parameter for a policy that would be marketed for new business and going forward it's also a tool for the company to improve the carrier itself to improve profitability yeah and cut expenses in a Mm -hmm. way you know so like that those cap rates in my mind are not subject to fluctuation they will come down i mean there's no no history of any cap rate increases. 
unenforced business. Let's put it that way. That a hundred percent agree. And, and you mentioned the word history. Like my big thing is with a whole life insurance product, what actually happened? What was not what was projected? What was the real results? Historical policies, and IULs are extremely difficult to find, historical ones. Nobody wants to show them, in my mind, that <laughs> speaks a lot of truth around them. But yeah. with, with that said, we got our hands on a couple. Um, uh, best case, or, or several cases, of policies that were issued back in 2008. So 2008, uh, one policy comes to mind. This was the one that performed at the top, top level. All the others were negative, negative returns on cash value. But the the best looking one was a policy that was designed low commission, maximum cash value. The agent saying, hey, I set everything up right here. January 08 up until January 2020 was the study period that we conducted, conducted for the IUL. Max funding it. 1035 exchange as well, which helped boost the cash value. But that's one of the best bull markets ever, right? 08 through 2020. When he purchased the policy, the cap rate was 15%. Now it's 6%. Wow. <laughs> right. So that's a, that's a long span there, but yeah, still. I thought you were, I, th- I was thinking you were going to, I was trying to think what you were going to say. I thought it was going to be like a nine or a 10. <laughs> no, it came down to 6%. And here's the big thing as we ran the study, cause we studied the overall internal rate of return. I also looked at the year to year. He was 46 when he first bought it preferred, you know, kind of average age, average health, but when you look at insurance studies, um, but the net IRR up to this point in time has been almost a clean 2%. And I almost never see it a clean percent. It's always like 1.96, but it was about a clean 2%. With that said, 2019 to 2020, his policy date was January, which is kind of perfect. When you look at the S&P 500 from January 2019 through January 2020, it was one of the best years ever. What did the S&P produce? Like 30%. So the net IRR for that particular year, while the cap rate was 6% on that IUL product, was 0.91%. Like, how on earth did that happen even with a 6% cap rate? Right. Insurance expenses came up. So now he's at a stage in life where he's not 46, right? He's mid-50s, getting close to 60, Expenses keep coming up. Cap rates are lower. Yeah. I bank. <laughs> they're not coming back up to 15%. I think there's no way that's going to happen. That's an interesting case example because, you you know, you know what's funny is I would imagine it's a fascinating thing working with clients and agents who were looking at IUL. I would not be surprised if you sat down with an agent and a client who were looking at IUL that looked like that guy, mid forties preferred and showed them that study. I wouldn't be surprised how many, what percentage of folks would still be unwavered and still believe the IUL in front of their faces. It's, it's really been mind boggling. Some of the stuff I've been through with folks who, um, I don't know, just, it's just, it's just it's a strange phenomenon. Yeah. And I mean, I think what it is, especially for a new agent or an agent that's used to selling a lot of life insurance, or if they're new, they haven't sold that much, is 
if numbers look really good, naturally, it's going to be easier to sell. Hey, look at these returns. You can't get this in the market. And the higher that value is on illustration, the better it looks. But I, like in my mind, like if you show good numbers and it doesn't do that, like that that client's not going to blame the company. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. They're going to be mad at you. <laughs> I'm like, no. Have you failed any? Have you been working with any carriers? I know you, 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 you know, you, you're very independent and I know that we're not talking about specific carriers typically, but um, are you looking at products or can you find products out there that have some IUL kind of component, but also have some backstops in place? There's going on, correct? Yeah. With the IUL product itself, no. Uh, we've seen a lot of agents market things that make it sound like it'll work. Uh, but when I sit down and analyze it, and also, there's an actuary we work with. When he sits down and analyzes, it's like, no, it's the same thing. Like, like the proof has to be there before we put someone in in it. And that's just me personally. Real results. And that's where I always like those larger mutuals because they provide the proof. Um, yeah. But the one thing I've seen, a couple, couple carriers do this, not many. There is a, a whole life product where it's dividend paying and they've got an index feature where you can elect to tie your cash value to the S&P 500 index in a whole life product and switch back and forth between that and the dividend. Okay. And I mean, you've got the same guarantee of 4%, gives a little bit better earning potential. In my mind, it's not gonna make or break a whole life policy. Just if somebody's really, really attracted to that feature, it's like, okay, I mean, that that's something you can look at. It's a, a nice feature, but I wouldn't say that's the the end all be all. We should put everything here. I mean, okay, yeah. All right. So I guess tip for the day is if you're an advisor and you're either looking at IUL or you're struggling in competition against IUL, look up Steve Parisi, IPC Global. Give him a call. He's got a lot of collateral for you, and uh, you know a ton of experience to to not you know combat those kind of those kind of objections is is the wrong uh the wrong message but really to help you win clients over and and get them into an optimal situation an optimal vehicle and so it's not going to leave you embarrassed down the road that's the thing and present the options too i mean if they want to see an iul show them it and then explain here's the what it is and here's what i think it does and here's right on. here's all the background <laughs> right on yeah right right on okay yeah. all right cool have a great day steve thanks you too thanks so much mike Talk to you soon.